Hey guys, welcome to my podcast Mind Maps, where each episode we will be traveling to a new destination on our mind maps, whether it be the mind of a friend that has started a nonprofit to a teacher with a YouTube channel. Hey guys, so welcome back to the Mind Maps podcast. Today I have an amazing guest with me. His name is Yash Varden. Is that how you say it, Yash? Yeah, it's Yash Varden, but that's fine. Completely fine. No issues. Okay. Perfect, Yash Barden, and um, he has just an amazing backstory, and he has a blog that we're going to be going into today, and Yash, if you could just tell listeners a bit about um, yourself and your story. Sure, all right, hi. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. Mm-hmm. My name is Yash Varden, and I'm a gap student from Lucknow in India. It's a town in northern India, so I've, I've just finished high school, and I'm starting off with my gap year. And uh, I guess my story that I'm here to talk about is how uh, I grew up with a severe stammer in my speech. And so I grew up from somebody who could not say out his own name in class to somebody who's like an average or an above average public speaker. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just going into more your story, what was it like? growing up with a stammer and like you said not even being able to say your name um and how did you improve it right so um it, it was not fun growing up definitely yeah. <laughs> like uh i had a lot of bad experiences i was bullied a lot in school uh, and you know self-stammering is something which people find very humorous I'm not sure about how it is in the U.S., but here in India, uh, stammering is something which is mocked quite a lot. So I was the object of ridicule for a lot of my seniors in school, a lot of my classmates, and even my juniors. <laughs> so it it, it 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 was definitely not fun. Uh, and as a result, you know, I did not take part in a lot of opportunities in school. I was, I think, once offered to be the anchor in my uh, class's presentation in school because I'd all, always been a good, like, smart kid in class. I always scored well in the test, but if given an opportunity to anchor or something like that, I'm, I think I did not go to school that day because I was supposed to anchor in the school assembly. <laughs> so I ran away from a lot of these opportunities whenever I have maybe the chance to go up on the stage and say something. I tried every possible thing to avoid doing that. That was my, so like public speaking essentially was my worst fear growing up. And how I improved on it was that uh, after I'd say class eighth, class ninth, I came to a point where I was like, enough is enough and I have to start working on myself. Uh, it's just that, I was told to go for speech therapy and stuff like that. I was told to, you know, stand in front of a mirror and then speak, but all that was not helping me. Uh, so what I, what I wanted to do, what I tried to do was something which scared me quite a lot. So to improve my speech, to improve how I spoke, I actually went on to face my worst nightmare. I started taking part in debates in model events. I was forcing myself to go into public forum debates. I was forcing myself to speak to strangers because these are things which made me very uncomfortable. But uh, I felt that, you know, if I went to uh, a model UN, I would definitely be scared. But after each model UN, I felt that 
uh, I was scared a little less. So in in a way, it was helping me. It it was reducing my uh, claustrophobia, which is the fear of public speaking, by every conference which I attended. So in a span of like five years of four years of high school, I've attended over thirty model events. I've attended a few uh, debates. And in these model events, I've won a few best delegate awards. I was in grade 12, my senior year. I was I was the secretary general of my school's model event conference. And just as we speak, uh, I'm I'm going to be serving as the assistant director at the Harvard Model United Nations India. So these are things which really help me, which is just doing things which make me uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's amazing to hear, though, how much you have been able to improve yourself and your stammer just by facing your fear, in a sense. Um, I totally relate with that, because I remember um, when I grew up, I didn't start doing ballet until maybe, or like dance in general, um, until I was maybe like seven or eight. Um, and before that, I would always be scared, right, to present. But then in dancing, you have to present, in a sense, like when you're performing um, in front of, you know, hundreds of people and just like again facing that fear like you with your stammer it was able to help me just like learn how to not necessarily be as um scared when talking in front of a crowd of people or just dancing in front of a crowd of people so i totally relate with that yeah just one more thing that you know when i was in school earlier on i used to be like that kind of kid if in case a question is asked in a class and i actually knew the answer then i, I would never speak it out loud i would just keep my head low and pretend that, that, that I did not even listen to the question. So I was always that kid who knew the answers in class mostly, but did not speak, it, speak them out loud. And it, it, it was later in high school that I actively tried to work on it. So I, one more thing which really helped me is, was that I sat in the front bench of the class. That way, when a question is asked, I don't have like, that internal fear of judgment from the people. I, I don't have people looking at me. So that's also one of the things which I did to sort of work on this thing. Right, right. I feel like a lot of the time it is um, your mindset, right, in a sense, or like where you place yourself. Um, so another question I have is just um, like you mentioned to me in Slack about how you had panic attacks sometimes when you were um, practicing mm -hmm. speech. So I would love to know just how you kept motivating yourself to keep practicing even when you had to endure things such as like panic attacks. Yeah. So, you know, fun story. Uh, <laughs> I took part into uh, a state level debate competition. So, you know, I'd done quite a lot of model events by this time. This was when I was in grade 11. So I just became daring and I gave my name to go for this debate. And I wasn't aware how many schools are going to be there. So when I actually reached at the competition, I saw that there were a lot of schools present at the debate. I had a lot of friends from around the city who took part in model events who were there competing against me. So I, I had a room full of people with... Uh, that I had worked with in the past that, that knew me. And I definitely had practiced my speech quite a lot. You know, I'm that kind of a person who would try it again and again and again. So I had my speech ready before the debate. Uh, I spoke it out loud many, many times, maybe 10, 20, 50, 30 times. So when I was speaking about by myself, I was definitely speaking all right. And, but when I went to that, actual debate it was my first ever debate 
I'd never taken part into a debate competition before. In fact, I don't think I've ever taken part. I had not taken part in any inter-class competition by that point of time, but I just went to the inter-school competition part. <laughs> and there at the debate, uh, when I actually reached the floor, when we just sat down and I, I was hearing people say, you know, those people that speak flawlessly, they did not have a paper in their hands, they remembered the entire speech and they were speaking so well. So when I saw that, uh, I just became very nervous because A, I was nowhere as good as a speaker as they were, and B, I did not even have my speech memorized. You know, when, when, when you're nervous, you forget even the things that you recalled. So with that nervousness, like as Eminem said, my palms were sweaty, knees weak, arms were heavy. <laughs> my legs were shaking, my hands were shaking, my voice was trembling. I, I was very scared and I had, so actually I did, I did not know what a panic attack was until that point of time because I'd never heard what a panic attack is. Later on in the upcoming months when I read about what panic attacks are, that is when I got to know that, oh, what I had at that point of time was actually a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, at my first ever debate, I had a panic attack. Uh, as I walked up the stage, A, I did not recall anything from my speech. I had to speak entirely looking at the paper that I had in hand, which once, which instantly uh, had points removed from our team. Then I was traveling quite a lot because I was nervous. And yeah, it was not fun at all. <laughs> right. So what made me motivated was, I'd say, um, yeah, at every debate, every modular conference that I took part in, I noticed this theme that at the very next conference or at the very next debate, my nervousness, I was just a little less nervous. Mm -hmm. So I believe that growth which I was seeing in myself is what made me motivated, you know. At my first debate, uh, I was extremely nervous. I asked all of my teammates if they would want to go to the stage in place of me because I did not want to get at that stage. So, and that uh, sort of nervousness was just mental, you know. I was making up that fear that if I don't speak well in this room, then I'm worthless, you know. I would be the object of humor once again for everyone in the room and they would just laugh at me so I, I was just exaggerating things in my own mind and once i had done that after uh, i'd spoken at that speed at that debate even though i did terribly but as i got off the stage i had a little bit of confidence in me like this thing was finally over mm -hmm. and after a day i realized that i now want to take part into another debate and i had the confidence that i would do better the next time so just that mentality is what helped me keep going and stay motivated in this entire uh, debate speech thing. Right, definitely. I think, um, like you said, mentality, like what your mindset is, plays such a huge part in um, how you keep going on with like practicing, for example. Like 
obviously there are going to be hard times, like when you had panic attacks, um, et cetera, all these different things, but you still have to just keep going and pushing through these hard times to get to like improve and um, get to have that rewarding feeling of just realizing that you were able to push through these things. And again, just be able to improve yourself. Cause like not, nothing was built in a day. Like it takes so much time. Um, and I totally understand everything that um, you were going through. And I loved hearing about, again, just how you were able to keep motivating yourself through all these different things. Um, and I know that through Slack, you talked about Stoic philosophy. Could you talk a bit about that and how you got into it? Sure. So I'm not actually sure how I got into it. I believe I did not have anybody who recommended this book or anybody tell me what Stoic philosophy is. I think I was just scrolling through Amazon and I just found this book rec recommendation called uh, The Little Book of Stoicism by Jonas. I'm not even going to attempt his last name, but that's what the book is called. So I just bought the book. I started reading it. And by this point of time, I had no idea what Stoic philosophy is, what it meant. So as I was reading, I found a lot of things which were very useful. So to keep this short, uh, Stoic philosophy is an ancient philosophy which was uh, started by a man called Epictetus. He is somebody who went through an extremely harsh time, yet he kept on going. So this entire field of Stoic philosophy was started by Epictetus. So the two main things which uh, I found very helpful and I think would summarize Stoic philosophy in a manner is that firstly, we need to focus on things which are in our control. You know, mm -hmm. there are some things which are there in our control and some are not. And much of our unhappiness is caused by thinking that we can control things which in fact we cannot. So a good way to explain this principle is that uh, if there's an archer, so, and he has say an archery competition in say 30 days. now. But that what a stoic archer would do is that he will spend the next 30 days preparing as much as he can and practice as much as he can to you know become the best archer he can he will and even if weeks before the competition he's hitting bullseye at every single attempt he's excellent at it but on the day of the competition if say uh, a very strong wind comes as he uh, shoots his bow, his arrow, sorry, and mm -hmm. he somehow misses the target. Now, one way to take that is that you will be crying that how did I miss it? This was my one chance. Uh, I did not hit the target. But what a stoic archer would do is that he would not be unhappy at all because the thing that was there in his control was his practice, was his uh, skill, which he tried to master in whatever time he had. So because he has done everything that is there in his capacity, he will not be sad. So one actionable thing which I found was that I need to focus on things which are there in my control. In my personal view, having the stammer is not something which, which was there in my control, but working on it and reducing that stammer is something which I can do. So that's what I was working on. Secondly, uh, is the fact that uh, so, you know, the first thing, like I said, is that we need to focus on things which are there in our control. And the second thing that I learned from Stoic philosophy is that it's not the things 
that happened which upset us but it's about how we think about those things you know stuff happens and then we make judgments about those things so if we judge something that has something very bad which has happened then we will get upset sad or even angry depending on what that is but if we judge that something bad is likely to happen then we might get scared or fearful of it these these are all emotions which are based on the judgments that we make so the thing which we can work upon is so you know we could get sick we could uh, get hurt a lot of things could happen to us but how we react to those things is what will for determine how we go so instead of re- uh, reacting in a manner that is negative you know being sad depressed on it it's not something which will actually help us we need to an- analyze those and judge where we went wrong and then work upon those things so just these two things really helped me along the way Mhm. I totally get that. Um and I love that philosophy. I'm definitely going to use that now. Um so you started a blog, the Tidings blog, which reaches 250,000 people um and in more than 145 countries and has published more than 125 articles. Could you tell me a bit about that? Yeah. So the Tidings blog is an economics and history website. We publish articles on economic news, history and economic history. We started this blog I started this blog sorry back mm-hmm. in 2018 and like I said I was somebody who did a lot of model UN so I wanted to discuss and talk about these global issues so I wanted to have a news website wherein students can write about uh, the things which are happening around the world mm-hmm. because I saw that there's a lot of scope for this because many many students are now taking part in model UNs they are reading about writing about discussing these global issues from what is happening in Yemen to what is happening in Syria so i wanted to have a platform where students can write about these issues uh 2 uh, years ago i'm not sure about what was happening in the us but at least in india we did not have a lot of opportunities available for students to write about things which are going on in the world mm-hmm. so i wanted to have a blog where students can write about those things and I was fortunate enough to have friends which uh, helped me start it so one of my friends took part in a lot of international press in model events and he was one of the best writers i know mm-hmm. so i brought him on board as our editor in chief one of my friends was a great graphic designer so i reached out to him and he was helping out with the graphics so and then i had a friend who knows a lot about technology how to set up a website out by the domain and stuff like that so with the help of these uh three friends uh, i set up the website back in november of 2018 mm-hmm. and back then we were just a news website uh we were covering all kinds of news from uh indian news to international news to economic news and history mm-hmm. so which is one thing which i did not like later on majorly because of two reasons firstly we did not have a set audience like we the articles which we were covering were all over the place so i wanted to have a niche audience so that people with a certain interest can read our articles it's not like we're pub- publishing every kind of news and so this was one of the issues which we faced secondly i was trying to go for uh, a unbiased news platform kind of thing 
but having that unbiased uh, theme was very difficult because if say i'm talking about something which happened uh, in syria now because i haven't actually been there or seen what has happened it's difficult to find the accurate data because as we all know in these times the journalism and press that we read newspapers which we read the news media outlets which we read they all have a certain bias so it's extremely difficult to find out the accurate facts of the, of the matter which have happened so because, because of mainly these two reasons this year uh, once i was done with my school and starting off with my gap year i i rebranded our website to economic news and history uh majorly because these are other two areas which i i personally love mm-hmm. my favorite two subjects are economics and history and uh we went from being a news website to an economic news and history website i'm um, going on mm-hmm. to you now like you leading a team of people um so now your team has grown to 55 people so i would love to know just how it is um for you to lead a team and how you go about that Yeah so we have a team of about 50 55 plus people so mm-hmm. these so we have we have different teams we have a writing team we have students writing for us every single week then we have a marketing and outreach team of students who are helping us out with our marketing and outreach then we have a video editing team because uh, we're now working on putting out video content Mm-hmm. and then we have an editorial board team people who review uh the writers work and work one on one with them to improve their articles so our team consists of people from i think 9 or 10 countries and these range from freshman in high school to a master student so we have people from yale harvard university of chicago working with us on on the team and it's all very uh, amazing to work with them mm-hmm. so yeah and how we go about working with our team is that we have a slack workspace of our own um mm-hmm. every month or so or i have a meeting with our marketing team we discuss our marketing goals and we plan out things which can help increase our reach so that's how we work definitely so it's almost like you have different entities for different parts of your blog like you said you have like a marketing team um you got mm-hmm. like the writers and everything so that's good to know how you have organized this whole um like again just team of people um right. now it's just going on to your mindset um what are some important lessons that you think you've learned throughout your life and everything that you've gone through the most important lesson that i've learned is that i do not have to compare myself Mm-hmm. with what others are doing but instead compare myself with what i am doing mm-hmm. so just an example of that would be if i am in a modern conference and i see somebody speaking flawlessly uh, with excellent rhetorics so i would be rather threatened by it mm-hmm. but instead of taking it negatively uh and being sad of, of over it like why am i not speaking as well instead i'm going to be thinking about how i can do better and i would compare myself with how i was doing previously so yeah i guess that is the most important thing that i've learned and the two stoic philosophy things that i talked about right. those also really really helped me 
which mm -hmm. is to focus on things which are there in my control and not worry about things which are not in my control. Definitely, definitely. I think that's so important for people to know that you shouldn't be, again, comparing yourself to others. I want to know, like, was there ever a person in your life who really helped you or made a difference? I'm a visual learner. Mm -hmm. So if I would see any movie or TV series which has a character which has been going through a hard time, then I would have a lot of empathy for that character and then learn things from him. For example, I don't know, have you seen this film called Wonder? Oh, yes, 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 I have. The, so it's a book which has been turned into a film about yeah. a kid called Augie Pullman. Mm -hmm. I loved Wonder. I, mm -hmm. So the first time I, I watched this film, I was crying by the end of it. <laughs> in, I was in tears. So I, I loved watching this film and I really looked up to Augie Pullman. Like, he was my hero. Mm -hmm. So you know, watching all these inspiring stories is what kept me going and it still keeps me going that it's always good to know that there are people who, even though are in worse conditions, do very well. Mm -hmm. So these are people whom I really looked up to and mm -hmm. kept on going. Well, I want to know more about what led you to decide on taking a gap year this year. Oh, right. So I guess the main thing was that as... so. When I was in my senior year of school, mm -hmm. just as I was starting with my grade 12, I decided I would be taking a gap year. So mm -hmm. it wasn't something that shows right now due to the pandemic or because of my college ed admissions. I did mm -hmm. not even apply to a single university. Oh. Because I'm, I was sure that I had to take a gap year. Mm -hmm. So how it works in India is that uh, the academic session starts in April and it ends in March. So by, I'd say, May or June, I decided that I would be taking a gap year. Mm -hmm. And the main thing was that I was wondering when all the things that I'd done so far and what I wanted to do. So as I was introspecting, I, was, I just thought of things which I wanted to do. I wanted to learn a new language. I wanted to learn a new skill. I wanted to pick up a sport. I mm -hmm. wanted to... Uh, play an instrument so when I was thinking that so when I was going through my school and I had a lot of the things which I wanted to do that I did not necessarily have the time to do mm -hmm. and I was deferring all of those things which I wanted to do that's when it clicked me that if there are so many things I want to do before I go to college and I should take a gap year mm -hmm. and so I want to so my goals for this gap year include learning Italian. I mm. want to learn how to play uh, guitar. Mm. Uh, I was somebody who played tennis for around a year, so I want to get back to playing tennis. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, things get well in the next few months, and before I go to college, I can actually pursue these things. Mm -hmm. uh, and other than that, it was just the fact I wanted to read more of economics and history. I did not think I was ready for college. I was not, I'm still not sure what I want to pursue, but I'm still trying to go deep into the, into the subjects that I currently have interest in, mm -hmm. which include e economics, history, psychology. Uh, I do have a bit of interest in marketing. Mm -hmm. So I'm also reading a lot of that. And once again, tidings for something which really want, which was a big thing in deciding if I wanted to take a gap year. 
Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of these student initiatives run by students just for the sake of getting into college. Exactly. And I did not. So when I was wondering that maybe because I had not had a lot of success until last year, until mm-hmm. this year actually. So I was thinking that maybe my project is something which will just go down as one of those projects which was just for college which mm-hmm. did not have any impact which did not become successful mm-hmm. and I did not want to do that at all so I was thinking about taking a gap here but I can devote my full time to this blog and actually make it successful as I could it was a amalgamation of all of these factors which mm-hmm. made me decide that I want to take a gap year definitely and that's so good to hear like how you said you're trying to learn new skills like learning italian um learning the guitar because um literally i think it was a year ago i bought a guitar and i was like i'm gonna learn the guitar and now it's just been collecting dust for the past two years because i haven't had any time so i love how you are yeah so i love how you are taking the time to actually um do these things that you're passionate about and um willing to take this year off again just to build your initiative and everything um so now i guess going on to like the future um where do you see yourself in the next five years from now oh uh in five years if things go well then i would be graduating from college Mm -hmm. so i'm guessing that uh in those four years of college i would have made good connections with people who are Mm -hmm. doing great things I hope that I would have done a lot of internships and uh, I had a lot of internships to work in different companies and get those skills required. And I think that my goal for the next, after five years, I see myself working on my own startup. And now just going on to just some fun questions. What was the last book you've read and what was it about? Oh, so, so I'm not a big reader. Uh, I'm a visual learner, uh-huh. so I like to watch documentaries, I like to watch movies and TV shows, but I do not really enjoy reading. Mm. I have a very low attention span, <laughs> so I'm not a big reader. I try to read books. I I actually have this very weird thing where I get books which interest me, I will start reading it, but I will stop re- reading it after just the first time I've opened the book or after just reading through the first chapter. I've just picked up this book which I actually really like. Uh, it's called The Great Economist. Mm-hmm. Uh, how their ideas can help us today. It's mm-hmm. a, it's by this author called Linda Yu. I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name. It's Y-U-E-H. Oh. So, yeah. It's a book on great economists that we've had from Adam Smith to Milton Friedman, what their work was and how the theories which they developed mm-hmm. in their times, how relevant are those today? I would really recommend the book on Stoic philosophy, which mm-hmm. is the little book of Stoicism by Jonas Salzberg. I believe mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce it. Other than that, I picked up this really excellent book called, uh, okay, so this wasn't my last book, but I'm just giving you a few book recommendations now. Yeah, yeah. It's- <laughs> uh, there's this book called Manuscript Found in Accra, A-C-C-R-A, by, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name, but it's Polo, I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's the very famous author of The Alchemist, but I still cannot pronounce his name. Uh, 
but this book called manuscript in nakra mm-hmm. found nakra is an excellent book this, this has a lot of philosophy in it it's a, it's a, about a town just going to end it has been invaded by invaders from all four sides and it's just the people who are there in that town they collect at a place and ask a very wise man about you know philosophy and what is the purpose of life and stuff like that mm-hmm. while they're about to die so excellent book uh even though i will admit i haven't completely read the book but i've i've read like three fourth of the book and i thoroughly loved every second of it mm-hmm. so definitely a book to check out Amazing. Um, and like you said, you are a visual learner. So I would love to know the best movie that you've seen in the last year. Hmm. So it's difficult to pick one, but I can tell you um, Dead Poets Society, one of my favorite films mm-hmm. of all time. I absolutely love Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I adore his work. I've seen a lot of his films and I love almost every single one of them uh other than that like i said wonder beautiful mm-hmm. film i cried a lot watching it <laughs> so would definitely recommend that and yeah these are the two other two films which i can remember at the top of my head which i thoroughly enjoyed and i would recommend everybody to watch them definitely um last question what are your like hobbies other than um the tidings blog and uh, like speech and debate right uh like i said i enjoy watching a lot of films mm-hmm. i watch a lot of tv shows the last one which i watched which once again is probably the best tv show i've ever seen it's called naruto that oh. anime is brilliant i loved watching that show i've uh had a roller coaster of emotions while watching this tv show mm-hmm. and it's definitely the best tv show i've ever seen i loved it other than that uh i recently got a dog so i love spending time with him mm-hmm. i take him for walks hopefully he's 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 just a puppy right now mm-hmm. but i i just spend a lot of time with him mm-hmm. other than that i listen to a lot of music mm-hmm. um I have a very diverse range of uh music interest. I listen to rap, pop, mm-hmm. rock, jazz, mm-hmm. but my favorite genre is indie folk. I'm mm-hmm. a huge indie folk fan. Um that's amazing to hear again just how you're diverse in your hobbies and in your music tastes. Um but thank you so much Josh for being on the podcast. I loved every single piece of information that you have given to everybody today and I think everybody will learn so many important lessons from just listening to your story and again just what you learned throughout your life. Um do you have any last notes for people or any um ha- handles for like social accounts for anything like your blog um etc? Sure I guess I just like to end with this last piece of advice is that anybody who's listening who's been this far whatever idea that you have which you think was crazy go pursue it you have mm-hmm. the time i believe majority of your audience consists of high school kids yeah. so i have a lot of these kids are like i have an interest in art but should i start an art page or should i pursue it or not will it help me stop thinking about all of that and whatever crazy ideas you've had maybe it's starting a page or learning a new skill or uh, starting a business mm-hmm. go for it 
pursue it and if you enjoy doing it you will thoroughly love every single second of it mm-hmm. so that's the last thing i would like to say other than that uh uh my email address is where i am most active mm-hmm. if anybody wants to reach out to me it's yashvardhan.sharma2015 at the gmail.com the website that i work on is called the tidings blog.com so mm-hmm. you could definitely check that out we've been doing a lot of great stuff here just yesterday i spoke to uh, a, pr- a professor from boston university and day before yesterday i interviewed a history professor from princeton so Amazing. we've been putting out great content here every single day so check it out yes everybody go check that out um and again just thank you so much for being here yash varden and thank you guys for listening bye thank you guys so much for listening it means the world and i hope you guys follow the podcast and stay tuned for the next episodes